0: Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press 1. Popcorn
1: Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the number one online broadcast network for movie talk, this is the Cosplay Coach. Costume breakdowns and tips and tricks to create your own. And now, the coach yourself.
0: Meredith Placco. Oh my god! Hi everyone! Welcome to episode one of The Cosplay Coach. I am super excited. I also have had a lot of caffeine today. I want to welcome all of you for joining in for this inaugural episode where we are going to talk about Cinderella. Now make sure before we get into things, I want everyone to go to iTunes, subscribe, Right, Hit up those like buttons on YouTube. And if you want, you can join a conversation with us live on chat. We've got Steven in the booth. He'll be moderating all great things. And I want to introduce my amazing guest for today's episode, Anastasia Washington. Hi guys. I'm so excited to be here for the Thank first you so episode. Much. Yay. I know. So tell us a little bit about yourself in costuming and co- as a cosplayer. Uh, I have been costuming
1: for quite a while, um, since since I guess it's been like ooh, I'm gonna age myself here. Uh maybe fifteen years. Yep, been the same year, so, um good girl. <laughs> and uh I love cosplaying because I get to wear my own stuff and and you know costuming is fun and when costuming a production that you're actually in it's a little bit exhausting but when you costume a cosplay it's a little bit easier
0: <laughs> to well, manage. And, and it's really personal. I mean <laughs> yeah. you, you know you put together or make or create or buy all the elements and and you get to wear it and go to a convention have fun. Yeah and it's something you're super into. It's mm-hmm. something
1: you're super geeky about and um and that, that makes it just so
0: much better. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's true. I'm, you know, like, like Anastasia, I've been cosplaying since 1999. Uh, I was 18, so do the math yourself there, folks. I've <laughs> been kind of at this for a while, but, um, I, I fell into it as a, as a talk show host, oddly enough, in radio. We were uh, covering a con in Orlando called Megacon. and my co-hosts were like, Hey, you should dress up. And I'm like, what and then i'm like okay yeah so i ended up making um dagger slash princess garnet from final fantasy nine and it was like you know i of course i'd pick like a tight thing for my first thing and i remember going home for the holidays it was uh it was in college obviously and i was like hey mom can you help me make this because mom's an amazing seamstress and she says uh honey you know halloween was a couple months ago (laughs) You're like, this isn't for Halloween, Mom. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and hey, you know, 15 years later, she still supports me and actually helps me out when I'm um, like, Mom, what should I do? But uh, yeah, so I, I fell into costuming through that. I actually, um at one point, quit my radio job uh, to go and get a degree in fashion design and marketing. That's awesome. It is. It was a lot of fun. And then I realized I hated sewing for other people. So I went back into journalism. I, I, we were talking about yeah. this.
1: Um, You know, it's funny. I didn't realize I could could combine them I, i've been an actor and, mm-hmm. and a costumer and i never really knew i could combine them all and be happy yeah. and i think cosplay is really that 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 spot it,
0: it really is and for those of you who are, who are tuning in and kind of like what is this cosplay thing you might have heard about it on like the sci-fi show or seeing people dressed up in conventions it it comes from the Japanese term costume play and some people take that as a literal role-playing acting out True. the character uh here stateside it's a little bit more we like to dress up in Embody our favorite characters, yeah. and this could be, you know, in, in, in I'm gonna I'm gonna call you Anna by the way. That's like sure. that's my nickname too <laughs> for fine. years. Um, in our cases, we we tend to make a lot of our own stuff, yeah. but you know, it's it's not just about making; it's about finding. Maybe you're not really skilled, and you can commission people because there there are people all throughout the the world that make costumes, specific nerdy costumes for, as a living. It's a huge industry now. It's it, a huge, it really and is. bounding itself yeah. is becoming a huge. Well, and that's industry. something you're doing yourself. Yes. Can you explain a bit about what bounding? Um
1: bounding came from uh disneyland really not <laughs> allowing adults to dress up um and for good reasons mm-hmm. um so there's little ways that you can dress up which is bounding which is uh, dressing in colors that inspire your character um I am currently kind of doing a Dapper Day version of Wolverine, um, which is another day of bounding, which is just a fancy dressing up of your favorite characters, and it's really fun. It is.
0: It's it's super fun, and it's like you know, as, as nerd culture grows, we have so many ways that we can express our, our fandoms and our Absolutely. passions, and by bounding or cosplaying, it's it's all those. So that's us. Um, a little bit about cosplay coach itself. This is not your typical show for Popcorn Talk Network. Um, we're gonna. It's gonna be a a, a, a multi-faceted show. What we're going to do is we're going to celebrate uh, today Cinderella and the costumes of designer Sandy Powell. We're going to kind of go through some of the processes that she did when creating these costumes, talk about the characters and costumes we see on screen, and then I've got a treat for you. A little surprise, but we'll, we'll save that for later. It's quite a treat. Um, something <laughs> I've been uh, magicing up. So, we want to get right into things and open up with uh, the amazing Sandy Powell. She is is a phenomenal influence in a lot of historic costuming. She's been doing period pieces for, you know, most of her body of work. Some of the bigger ones she's worked on have been The Young Victoria, The Other Boleyn Girl, and Shakespeare in Love, which I loved. It was phenomenal. Oh my gosh,
1: I was so obsessed with that movie.
0: God, I mean, the costumes. Are, <laughs> now, one thing about about these movies including Cinderella, while they're period pieces, a lot of the costumes in them are not period accurate. True, and I think I think that's okay because I feel
1: like that gives her creativity a, a chance to to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, um not that many people would be like, "Well, that's seventeen hundreds and, <laughs> and in You know, like yeah. it, it doesn't. Yeah, she she really
0: because <laughs> she really takes the period pieces and and draws upon them for inspiration and then creates a fantastical garment. Because when you're especially with a film like Cinderella, you're you're not, you know, it's not just gonna be like the romantic area, the Rococo area, the, the antebellum area. It's a fantasy film and you kind of want to draw True. from all the big and amazing things and I feel like just you know when, when she really got to let loose when Kenneth Branagh came to her and was like hey I really want your vision for this go at it have fun she really That's awesome. got to shine yeah it's it's amazing. That makes me love him even more. I know. I mean those two <laughs> together really they, like I know she tends to work uh, Powell tends to work a lot with Scorsese but I'd like to see her with Branagh what they can concoct more. Let's make, let's make this a thing you guys. I know let's <laughs> ship it. <laughs> uh, another great thing about Sandy she's been nominated ten times uh, for the Academy Award in costume design and she's won for Shakespeare in Love The Aviator and The Young Victoria so absolutely uh, you know just a dream right there and I'm pretty sure she'll get a nom for this this. yeah (laughs) no and when it came to Cinderella um, Sandy really wanted to draw inspiration from the original film but it's when I was reading an interview with her where she she watched it before she started doing her designs and she was like yeah I guess some of the influence seeped in I'm like yeah yeah You think? It it has to, Mm. a little
1: bit. I mean, we grow up watching these shows, and and yeah, we want to interpret things our way, but yeah, it's still our basis for a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some very (laughs) iconic costumes within the animated film. Now, as a designer, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you've, especially working in stage, you've had to translate... Scripts and all yeah. other productions into costume designs of your own. You know, what's some of that process that you think about when when you don't want to necessarily copy, but you have to stay within an iconic realm?
1: You know, I think it has a lot to do with shape. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are certain classic shapes in certain characters that just are I- ideal. Yeah. And 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 playing with that shape and playing with colors off of that—that's an awesome way to do that. But yet, still, people want to see. Cinderella in blue, yeah. and they want to see her in a big ball gown. There's not much you can mess with with that, but I feel like she upgraded it. She did. I did. I've, like, the frame is gorgeous, the details, and that's the other thing, getting down to the details, and if you can, stage yeah. is a little, it's a little a mm-hmm. little more cut and dry, but like film, you can get really down to those little tiny details and and it, play around with that that you cannot on stage. It was, it was just <laughs> it's rough and dirty there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've worn a couple stage costumes before. Dirty is definitely right. The word I I've would sewn use. people yeah. going onto stage. stage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing too. When you're thinking about making costumes, you know, you're making them for screen, for stage, for photo shoots. Everything yeah. is a little different. But we'll it get, is. We'll get we'll that a little, little bit later tweaking. on. The, yeah, on the cosplay <laughs> section. Um, an um, amazing thing that Sandy said in one of the interviews was um, about the mixing up of periods. It was deliberate and was rather liberating to not have to stick rigidly to one style. She does say the main look of the film is 20th century and 1940s and 50s and even the early 1800s when you see the fairy godmother gown because there's definitely a very Rococo shape yeah. to that.
1: But I think that's also fun to play around with. The people that you have. Like, she knows, she knows the stars that are going to be in it. And Mm -hmm. you want to play up their, their character and their shapes. And, and that's, I I think that's why it's great not to stick to a specific timing, Yeah, because some people just really can rock the 1940s and some people can really rock that Renaissance look. um, Not everyone. (laughs) And
0: bringing it all together, you just got a truly beautiful film. Um, Yeah. I will say there was a little bit of controversy uh, around the film. As the oh. internet likes to do, they got angry, uh, saying that Lily James's waist was digitally altered for the film. Um... Yeah, I I heard this whole controversy. Mm -hmm. And, you
1: know, it's funny that that frame is really coming back into play. Like, people are trying to get that tiny waist and training themselves and stuff like that. And so I really don't understand why there was such a hoopla over it when everybody's trying to get that right now. I think (laughs)
0: what people don't realize is that, well, one Lily James is a tiny, tiny girl to begin with. She has an itty-bitty waist. But on top of it, they laced her into an amazing corset to create that silhouette you know most of us are well especially me i'm i'm a barrel i'm just i'm like a 12 year old boy i'm just pretty like (laughs) like that i also have like a wide rib cage you know some girls are blessed with a really tiny waist and then sometimes to create that illusion we wear what's an undergarment called a corset where there's generally steel boning we get tight laced in it's very uncomfortable yeah and and
1: and it really has to do with how you're tightened in there Mm -hmm. too i mean you can be tightened to a corset and and it looks wrong it just looks wrong yeah there's
0: there's just like i mean there are some some women who are known for tight lacing and they get these you know absolutely beautiful um waist but the damage if it's Truth. done improperly, you can actually hurt your internal. Oh, absolutely. Organs. And you
1: know, it's it's funny. Uh I, I do a show with RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> after show and uh some of the guys are doing it now on oh, in drag and the, the 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 tininess that they can well, get to is insane. Yeah,
0: actually, um my friend Anthony Caney of the House of Caney is one of the designers for several of the contestants on RuPaul's drag race, and he actually specifically has come up with a men's corset that a lot of them wear. So I bet
1: he did that one last week where uh, it was like that yeah, was Last possible. Week was it was em- like an, yeah. It was like my arm. Yeah, his waist was my arm.
0: If you guys ever want to go see <laughs> some amazing men in corsets, go go hit up the House of Caney. It's pretty impressive. Done. Yeah. So yeah. So it's just it's it's phenomenal what we can create. Um. Now the film itself had. Several iconic pieces of costume outside of the blue gown. We have Cinderella, who in in both the animated film and in this feature film, we see her most of the episode or most of the episode, most of the film, in what we call in in the animated version, the maid dress. Yeah. It's, uh you know, in, in the film or in the old animated show, she's, you know, very drab colors. It's yeah, kind like of like rag tag. Work, yeah, yeah, very. But um what Sandy Powell wanted to do was something a little bit different. She didn't want her to be necessarily ratty and gross, uh, but she, she chose to keep her in a dress that over time Kind of got distorted and destroyed and distressed and that dress is is stunning it's absolutely beautiful for in its simplicity and you can find a lot of garments like that it's really similar to what you would see um maids wear in the rococo period from like around the mid 1700s there's a, a great painting um that's up uh in um in the versailles of a bunch of uh milkmaids wearing very yeah. similar garments <laughs> and it's really really great now, in terms of if you wanted to make that dress, what would you, you know, what are some of the ways you would go about that?
1: You know, I really liked how she did the because the decaying slowly, it mm-hmm. shows the decay of 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 her life. Yeah. And then and then that makes that dress even more grand when she gets to that point in her life. And that's what great costuming does. It can really show mm-hmm. an evolution of a character and a de-evolution of a character really well. So I, I liked that. I mean, it is iconic to see her as the and, traditional, you know, yeah, the sender gal. maid. Um, and I guess it would really depend on what direction the director was going with yeah. it. And, and that's another thing. Costumers talking to their directors and feeling out that that whole relationship and where, where how dirty and deep are we getting into how bad she was treated. Yeah. Cause, I mean that, that, that is really important in that. Especially
0: no, and you, dress. You, you make you make such a good point too about how that does show the de- de- evolution of our character and and something you know for costumers for cosplayers out there that maybe want to do this version of the costume you might want to look into doing distressing yeah. which I something I love especially if I've been working on a costume and it's been giving me a lot of grief I like to set it on <laughs> fire because I can and then I'm like oh post apocalyptic princess You're like I wasn't angry I you know, was just
1: doing this on this, this is
0: how you do it. but one of the some of the great things you can do because uh, uh, that the maid dress specifically is a lot of natural materials, lightweight cottons, linens, you know things that you can you can actually find pretty readily available at your local Absolutely, Joann's yeah. and fabric shops. Uh, but if you wanted to kind of give it that rough and tough, you know a lot of times. Put something in the dryer a lot, just like dry it like on twenty different cycles. <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing distresses like a dryer. It really does. <laughs> it'll start to fade. It'll start to fray. Um, some of the other t- tricks that I love to do when I'm distressing is uh, just you can get fake dirt. Um, ben Nye is a company that makes fake dirt and, and you can rub all it. Different colors, yeah. too Oh my gosh, the colors they have. <laughs> and it stains fabric pretty well, but yeah. it'll wash out if you wanted to do a clean version. Though, if you wanted to go um, a little heavy, also if you wanted to make some scratches and dents, uh, get an emery board and just kind of file um, down on the fabric; it kind of pulls the fibers apart. It's pretty, pretty neat little things yeah. you can do to add some
1: pretty awesome area. Yeah, yeah I, I like distressing for for character. You know, yeah. I, I have a, I have a cosplay I'm planning on Ooh. making this elegant
0: dress and then distressing it. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> and, and, and you can't ever go wrong with a lighter. Just say i know i know though only <laughs> if it's natural fabric i will give you guys a little tip here if you have a <laughs> synthetic fabric and you don't want to hem it like a lightweight uh polyester organza you can actually just burn the edges and it'll seal uh-huh. it and it won't fray and you don't have to worry about hemming it i do that a lot with circle skirts because i hate having to hem sure, a big it circle hmm. it's an amazing little trick so yeah set fire to natural fabrics <laughs> but use fire to hem unnatural fabrics
1: I I should have done that with my Khaleesi outfit last oh. year. It was fraying all over the place. Oh my gosh! <laughs>
0: but sometimes if you're the Queen of Dragons, it I might was like, be... well, she she had a rough day. Yeah, <laughs> She's just running into some fire. So yeah, so Cinderella's made dress it's it's a beautiful um, you know homage to the original animated film, but I think they just they added so much more delicacy to it, and it made yeah. me and keeping it, it like with like natural fiber yeah. like
1: fabrics, it just. Yeah, it's just the way to go.
0: Now when you contrast that with the prince, however, (laughs) things get a little bit different. So in the, in the film, um, she meets the prince for the first time while she's off riding in the woods, having run away from the stepmother and her stepsisters, having, you know, having suffered a very terrible loss and the prince, finds her and she meets him and he pretends, I'm not going to avoid too much, but he pretends to not be who he is. and uh, Like
1: princes do. Like
0: princes do. <laughs> Shady characters, those princes. Uh, but we see him in this gorgeous green uh, jacket. With the the beige um, pants, and you'll notice with Prince Charming's costumes, they they're very. It's a very similar design all throughout. Like all his his main three or four outfits: the the green, the white, and the the wedding at the blue, or the wedding at the end at the blue. Um, very Uh-oh, similar spoiler design. Alert. I know, right? Spoiler alert! <laughs> I'm learning all the costumes. Um, and, and what Sandy Powell used for that was she went for a very uh, military look. And it's great because I've actually found patterns online. If you if you men out there want to do Prince Charming, there's some really great resources. So um, if you're out there sewing, you can go to the local fabric store and you can pick from Simplicity McCall's, Vogue, Butterick, or your usuals. But there's a couple of companies out there, Patterns of Time, Past Patterns, Truly Victorian, and such that do make historical-based patterns. Now, these are not for the faint of heart. You do have to have <laughs> uh, some good idea of how to sew. Uh, but I've... I've I've been really excited because I do want to make Prince Charming for my boyfriend. Um, and I found that Past Patterns has a reproduction of an 1812 officer's coatee coat, coat. that would be a great basis for the main pattern of this the white uh, or really the green or, or any. I was of like, them. are you doing the green? Because the green is so it's so pretty. I know the green <laughs> is really pretty, but if I'm doing the ball, you know, yeah, it's tough. yeah, you're right. Uh, and you're right. My boyfriend likes white for some reason, but yeah, it's yeah. so you can see this great drawing that you're like, oh, this is a pattern. Um, and I've I've worked with past patterns before. They don't come with a lot of instructions. It's it's kind of like you have to know how to do stuff. But if you're um a mid level to experienced seamstress yeah. or you want to really go off a challenge, I'd really recommend this. Um, and and now of course the prints. It doesn't just end there. Uh, you got. I get the undershirt and a couple of other things so yeah, they have there's a few um, pieces there. yeah so um they have a great uh, men's undershirt 1700s to the first half of the 1800s beauty about men's car- clothing it doesn't change a whole lot there's about 300 period like years of men's clothing that's the same yeah And they also did um, a single-breasted waistcoat uh, from the same company. It's um, from the uh, similar time period of the late 1700s. Now, the one thing to keep in mind with the prints is that, you know, it is all single-breasted. It's not the double-breasted look, which you'll find more common with military coats and such. And it looks really good. It looks super good. Uh, now, fabric-wise, uh, sorry, guys. It's going to suck if you live in a warm climate.
1: <sighs> I, and uh, and if you're allergic to wool
0: mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> yeah. Because his uh, coat and pants are made out of wool. You can usually go with, like, a nice lightweight cotton or a satin for the shirt. Um, your, your doublet, not your doublet, uh, your vest would probably be, like, a brocade or something fancy. But, um... There's there are some options for wool because wool being a natural fabric tends to also be on like the twenty four dollar a yard side. Yeah. So pricey costly is not a cheap uh, hobby. You can you can look into synthetics and actually Joann's, which um, I'm trying to try to source like stuff from Joann's because not everyone has the garment district like we have. That's true. But Joann's is a is a is a yeah. good place.
1: I'm I happen to be allergic to wool, so oh when gosh, I so do, do? when I when I have to make like I like I like the kilts and I like yeah. all that stuff. I'm very into the Scottish culture so I do use a lot of the fake fake like synthetic synthetic wool because uh, you know it's not good. It, no, it's <laughs> to have it's,
0: hives with your oh, costume. Oh God, sounds, <laughs> I don't unless you, I, that's yeah unless your character called for that. I don't know if you're you. You know that. what?
1: I might need to plan it into my characters. So right? no. <laughs> oh,
0: she God. has hives. Uh, I think she's having an allergic reaction. Oh no, that's just part of her costume. <laughs>
1: Which is something that you have to take into account. That you know there are some ca- common allergies <laughs> yeah. that you can have, to, and you're gonna have to go out there and get some synthetic fabrics every yeah. once in a while.
0: No, it's true, and, and they do, and they all also run a little bit cheaper um you know because that's, that's one of the things and, and they i think look a little cheaper sometimes sometimes cheaper. they do though but cheap rule wool, wool looks really cheap oh my yeah, god yeah, yeah. Don't. like don't, don't ever know. don't ever use felt for wool that is not no, the same no 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 she, no no like uh or you know like the crafters felt no
1: we don't want that uh, can you imagine a whole costume in crafters felt please somebody make this oh,
0: well well it is i know it, it, it is it is it yes. is because i wanted the bright yellow i think it's perfect you can do it (laughs) you can't do it you know and i I guess it's you know that's one thing about cosplay is that it can be as inexpensive or expensive as you want true
1: the only reason i used crafters felt for my skirt is because i wanted the brightest flipping yellow ever skirts tend to be yeah yeah
0: like a a nice big felt and you can get it like really wide yeah (laughs) but yeah for, for like this princess costume you know there's a lot going on there and and you know it's great too because even with the pants you could go with something with a little bit of a stretch in it yeah uh, so you know you don't have to worry about trying to make fitted pants and in the jackets you can definitely do synthetic and a lot of people you know would probably be intimidated by the um, appliques that they see something i found that i really love is i'll go find uh lace like really nice lace fabric or order lace appliques and just put it on i have a i have an, um, an embroidery machine that i never use i just tend to be like I buy stuff that i to cut invest in that they're when i figure out how to use mine maybe i'll care but yeah. right now i'm like i'll just find something that's close enough i'm the yeah. queen of close enough yeah no. but yeah <laughs> I, I love i love and you know i love all the little details from like um the garland on his jacket that's repeated in his collar and also in the back where the oh, tails yeah. meet it's just it's uh, you know stunning little things yeah. so yeah so that's how i would do the prince's costume um i don't i don't want to exclude men so i'm going to do what i can to help you guys make things too <laughs> or women who like to dress up like men or vice versa true true very Cross true play is a very popular thing in, yeah uh, in the anime gender swap is gender awesome. swap yeah gender, yeah <laughs> hey have, you can do uh you can do female charming i could and <laughs> i could do the king would do the biggest jerk. No, I'd be the Duke, so I could be the biggest jerk. There you go. (laughs) Now, uh, heading over to one of the other more prominent costumes was Helena Bonham Carter embodying the fairy godmother. She is... She's kind of what I would think of as the fairy godmother. She is. I want her to be mine. And I'm really
1: glad to see her in, in a different... In a different silhouette, than yeah. I <laughs> it really is. she she's gorgeous in her mm-hmm. Tim Burton esque, you know,
0: creepy, g- creepy, g- yeah. jagged
1: lines. But this is this, this is, is also this is very stunning. amazing on her.
0: She well, she's a phenomenal character actor, yeah. and I don't think people like associate Helena Bonham Carter as a character actor. But that I mean, she that's is. what she yeah. is, and and she really like. You know, outside of this costume, she brought to life this kooky, weird, you know, if, if I was like a cinder maid waiting for like some magical, like not even th- believing in magic, and this woman popped up, she would at least make me believe with the way she was, because I wouldn't expect my fairy godmother to be the sweet, beautiful blue fairy. No, she'd be a kooky old maid who I'd be like, what, what, what <laughs> have I just gotten myself into? I, so true. <laughs> I think she's been hitting the nectar too much. <laughs> But
1: that that outfit is amazing. And I'm so happy to see her in this... this i mean i mean it shows her character i'm not mm. i'm not going to say it's not it's not kooky it's no. not it's not grand it's it is but it's, it's both. so different than what we usually see her in and it, i'm very happy to see that yeah
0: no and it's it's a it's a beautiful now and and this is very much a rococo marie antoinette era yeah. piece and one of the cool things that um i have actually brought this is for later but i oh, do yeah. want to show um simplicity they uh, have a pattern it's pattern number 4092 and uh this was actually used when I wanted to do an Elizabeth Swan costume from oh, Pirates. Yeah. But it's a really good, tame Marie Antoinette pattern, though um, the company does make a better, more accurate one. But uh, this is a really great basis that if you wanted to start uh, for your fairy godmother costume, you can get this because it has a lot of the similar style lines that you're going to see.
1: And it's amazing how they mix time periods mm-hmm. with the hair. <laughs> Being yeah. very 1940s up I know. Up.
0: The Elizabethan collar yeah. in the back.
1: It's really, it's really a yeah. gorgeous piece. It
0: really is. And, and fabric wise, this is one of, the, you know, much like Cinderella's blue gown, there's a lot going on in this fabric. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually, um, in person, it reads silver. It's not uh, a blue fairy. This is, um, you know, a lot of the costumes in Cinderella were actually tinted in post. That's where your digital alteration comes in. Interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so the dress itself is very white silver with like some blue overlays. And there, the top layer is this really interesting fibrous, uh, synthetic material that, uh, Joanne's right now has something very, very, very similar. Oh, I think I got it in gold for Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have it in blue for my, uh, Elsa cape. Ah. And it's, it's a really neat material that if you, it's very difficult to sew with, um, because the fibers just want to pull apart. Oh, they do. Yeah. <laughs> but if you back it with a, a, a sheer fabric, it, you'll really be able to overlay it. And I think it's, um, it's about, Nine to twelve dollars a yard. Don't quote me, but you can get a, they have some 50% off coupons coming up soon. Yeah, keep on those coupons. Yeah, dude, sign up. And Giants <laughs> also takes competitors coupons. Uh, so yeah, it's a really great basis if you are looking for a more screen accurate fabric. Um, and I would definitely, you know, stick with like a, a, a polyester satin brocade or poly, yeah, like a number The side like of a, her, her, her like bodice a, is brocade, right? Yeah, it is Correct? definitely like, yeah, okay. definitely a brocade. So you can get a polyester or you could, go and be fancy and get silk, you know? But but, but this costume, I really feel you could make with what you find at Joann's. And one Absolutely. of the, one of the great things, especially Simplicity does is, uh, every year on Halloween, they'll come out a couple months before whatever the big movies are from that year. They'll come up with patterns and uh, similar fabrics.
1: True. And also a lot of times your patterns at Joann's are, are like 40% off from Simplicity mm-hmm. this week and next week it's McCall's. And yeah, it's good. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's good. When they have their $1.99 pattern sale. Whew. Yeah. So, and, and <laughs> you can also see there's some iridescent. Uh, fabric in that. Yeah. Um we might see some of that iridescent fabric over here too. Ooh. Uh it's a it's a polyester uh crystal fabric. I found this in LA's fashion district. I've not had any luck sourcing this um in any of the regular shops, but uh it's it's a fancy, fancy fabric. Um that's a pain in the butt to sew with because it doesn't sew. It literally just rips apart. So I was like lighting it on fire and hand like weaving fabric together. Sometimes I just love hand sewing because yeah. it
1: just gets so. It really it's does. just it's, you can just get so personal with it, and it's not ripping apart and and no. stuff like that. I'm a hand. I love if I can hand sew it. I would rather hand sew it. Yeah.
0: No, there's <laughs> there's so much hand sewing going on in my near future. I'll, you know, another other little details too. Where they brought in with the fairies the little wings. On the back of her, oh, that's so cute. Aren't they so <laughs> precious? Like she's, I, I'm really glad they didn't do a literal interpretation.
1: Oh, The of, huge, huge fairy wings. Yeah, yeah, it is very cute to have little wings. I just. And then we've seen it so many times. we've mm-hmm. seen so many versions of it. So I like that she took liberty. This like is this.
0: I think of all the costumes this deviates the most from the original film. Absolutely. And I think for good reason, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of my it's probably my favorite costume in the film. Um, she's like one of my favorites, yeah. anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, she's just like, <laughs> it's just, it's Helena. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, um, there's a lot going on there, and, and I would definitely say, uh, those of you at home wanting to make it, start sourcing your patterns now because you're gonna wanna pull from Rococo, uh, era, you're gonna wanna pull from, uh, Tudor period for the neck piece, uh, and then just go crazy with all your skirts because yeah. there's a lot of flounce tulle will be your best friend it will because you're going to have a lot of filler time yeah and tulle tulle or crinoline which um is the the thicker slightly nicer form of of tulle it's a lot more stiff is used a lot in making petticoats and if you really want to be able to get that sheer material to stand out i would definitely go with like a more crinoline based fabric um which you can i generally again don't see that at the um at the the box shops as i call them no but you
1: probably have to go to your fashion
0: district, district wherever that yeah. is for you or fabric.com is a really uh good yeah. resource yeah yeah so but yeah that's that's uh that's helena being amazing
1: also if you want a specific like brocade fabric mm. or something like that you can go to spoonflower and kind of like screenshot and do stuff like that and if you have a really good person that can do digital oh, <laughs> manipulation true. for you yeah um
0: <laughs> spoonflower and um there's another one uh fabric on demand that's right are uh printing sites that so you can get custom printed fabric and they'll do uh different types of uh, cottons. Uh, uh, they I've, do satin, satin now. Spandex. Spandex. Um, yeah, I'd for, I did that once.
1: So it's really good uh, if you're a stickler mm-hmm. cosplayer or costumer, uh, it's really good to do that because some people are really like, that's not the pattern.
0: Yeah. This is a way to do it. I, <laughs> uh, I, I a couple years ago, I entered a contest called the World Cosplay Summit and I did Queen Esther from Trinity Blood. And I'm sorry, I don't have a photo of this because I didn't know I'd be talking about this. <laughs> um, I actually found a company in India because I needed twenty yards of fabric uh that did a custom uh woven satin brocade. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, for as much as much as I paid for that stupid costume I could have taken myself to Japan.
1: My- Next time just yeah. take yourself yeah. to Japan. Yeah. Just
0: don't compete? Make- Just go to Japan instead <laughs> That's my both. story. But congratulations to Katie and Diana who did win WCS because they were amazing. Uh anyways, no, really, they are. I'm actually, I'm glad they won because they're beautiful. See that's also another thing about cosplay is we can actually celebrate our friends just so everyone. Yeah. Knows. Like, it's really important camaraderie. And right,
1: because everybody puts so much into making these yeah. costumes. So much.
0: So much. It's compliment people. You can't Don't,
1: hate on them yeah. for being
0: Don't for being be so like skilled. These three. <laughs> oh uh, no! I know as as fabulous they as they are, but. <laughs> They are mean. They are the evil the, or the wicked stepsisters and stepmother for a reason. Stepmother's
1: hat. Work, girl. Work.
0: <laughs> so we we have Kate Blanchett uh, playing the wicked stepmother and um, Sophie McShira as Drizella, who is also um, from... Downton Abbey. That's right. She plays one of the kitchen maids to Lily James, who is also in Downton Abbey. And then Anastasia is played by Holiday Granger. uh, And they... Probably stole the film, let's just be honest. And they and, and that's because they're just such dynamic characters. Yeah. Uh but also
1: their look is amazing.
0: <laughs> I know. So every every time you saw um Anastasia and Drusella on screen, they were matched as twins are, but in, in opposite colors and so bright, so loud, and Sandy Powell's thought process behind that was that she wanted to make a cacophony of fabric, uh, to make you you know, when you see them on screen to immediately immediately be turned off and immediately put off by these characters. Yeah, and and, and it
1: is quite creepy to see <laughs> to see two people in the exact same outfit. Yeah, it's just different colours. It's
0: like the shiny twins on the <laughs> yeah, crack.
1: It really is.
0: It's so I mean Put but,
1: them at the end of the hallway.
0: And if you <laughs> notice, like their their costumes really ran the gamut of time period because you saw you know in the, the previous photo yeah. it was very um you know like region not not necessarily regency but like a little bit like you know walking walking period stuff but then you see them in like knitted sweaters yeah. with flowers and um you know they just kind of they were all over the place with their with their costumes yeah
1: and they and and actually the stepmother's hat is almost very I want to say 1930s. Well, pretty much yeah. everything
0: for Cape Blanchett's stepmother was inspired by like the Hollywood glamour of the 40s and 50s. Yeah, and if we if we go to her ball gown um, in the next image, it's just yeah. I mean, gorgeous. That is a couture gown. I I would wear that on the runway today. Oh, and does she have feathers in her hair? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know.
1: Gorgeous look. Like I would the, wear that like
0: right now. Yeah, right now. Put it on. I would just do that. I mean, this is this is something that. Obviously, takes you out of the time period, especially when you see yeah, it in the ball. Absolutely. But it sets her. You know, this is again a, a great uh, thought on the designer's part, where she just wanted to create a character that was so different and stood out. And, and it's so femme fatale. It's so old Hollywood
1: glamour. Um, so so it really goes with her character yeah. you know I I like I like going at, and, and and I don't mind going out of the time period again yeah for this those is a fan, lines yeah this is
0: a fantasy film yeah. this isn't a, a historical biography on right. Princess Cinderella this is you, yeah. you know when I want a fantasy film I want fantastical costumes truth and, I think there's something to be said about this. And one of the things I really liked that um the colors. I know the color, yeah, how the colors pop. Well this the sisters look like I mean that in that scene they look like they were vomited on by like a bubblegum factory. It's so true. And I think that might might have been what she was going for. I think that yeah. I think that's exactly what she was going for. And just like with with Kate coming down. And I noticed um a common thing with her outfits, with the stepmother's outfits, is she had a lot of wraps. She'd have like very um, you know, A-line style dresses with big wraps that kind of added, you know, flounce and flow and grandeur to her outfits. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Because it's not something I've actually ever seen really done in, in a lot of fashion design outside of a couple like indie designer friends that I know. And I just, I, I really, it's just something I really appreciated. Um, and again, for those of you wanting to recreate this at home, these are really bold colors and very simple, f- um, like blocked fabrics that you yeah. won't have a lot of time stressing to find like you can go you know if, if, if all you have at your um, resources are joanne's casa collection which tends to be like and which I, I was actually i hadn't been to a joanne's in, in months and i stopped at one in glendale and i was so excited to see how much their casa collection has grown they yeah. have uh satin um like a lining fabric that matches they have a taffeta
1: yeah and they have a lot of sales on yeah.
0: on, on stuff like that and
1: that's when you're like i mean it, you you, you if you frequent them that's yeah. when you can bulk up and on them. You can them.
0: get it down for like yeah. th- 3.99 a yard and um and the one thing I really like about the Costa collection is that they have about 15-ish colorways and they'll have 7 to 10 different fabrics in those colors so you can, you know, if you need to match everything. It's it's a really ingenious uh, thing that yeah. they've done. I don't know why they didn't think of it before. I know, right? It's, <laughs> it's good. But yeah, you can totally get away. I would use a lot. I would, uh, you know, I would kind of stick with like satins and taffetas uh, if I were to recreate this gown um, because it's just the, the volume. You, you know, there's something we talk about in, in fashion design. Uh, the drape of a fabric. Yeah. Um, how a fabric will lie and drape is, it's feel so like if it has a, a light drape it'll just kind of wisp away if it has a, a heavy drape as this you know it'll it'll add some weight to it so I really just I think the drapes of these fabrics.
1: But with the girls you're gonna I think you're yeah, gonna have God. to you're gonna have <laughs> to go and uh, and get that printed.
0: Yeah you're gonna have to get creative um, and another thing that I um we didn't we, we touched on earlier with Lily James specifically but the undergarments the structures that build these costumes. I would just totally wear that out. I know right like let's just go to the catnip club I'm okay with we're that. that. <laughs> um, so with ears, w- we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're perfect, and we're bright colored and happy. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. So here we have um, Ella uh, in her maid dress with the the sisters as they're getting ready for the ball, and this is a really great showcase of one the the level of detail they put into the undergarments of yes. these costumes uh two how much fun they had because these are definitely not historically accurate I've never no. seen a cage skirt that's made up of a bunch of wire circles no but no, it's gorgeous, but it's gorgeous and-, and I would wear that <laughs> it's
1: but, decorative and amazing yeah,
0: it's, it's it's so many layers and you see they have the chemise the corset uh, a little bit of flounce there on Drusella's or Anastasia's. it's hard to hard to see who's who yeah. from here uh and and just like the it, when what one of my favorite things when I'm making, especially like a big gown, is I like all the little details. Um, I love to make a nice corset. I sometimes my the stuff you never see are the things that are probably the best <laughs> made. Uh, and and this is just something where I feel like Sandy and her team went to town, and they're like, we want to have fun with this. And and I think that's something important for you uh, guys at home that are wanting to create, you know, things. Knowing the foundation garments help, like having a corset, not only will help shape your body, but it'll add structure to the. Outer dress, yeah, and it'll help
1: you walk in the way mm-hmm. that that you need to walk in that costume. And I think that's why it's so important to get down to those details because it really helps the actors, yeah.
0: to get into that character. It, it really does. Yeah, you. I mean, you can speak on that. On, yeah, it's it's
1: it's it's really it's really great as an actor to have like, you know, this costume that is just like, yep, now I am this person. You know, yeah. and I think I think she did an amazing job from. Head to toe to (laughs) to
0: undergarment. Undergarment to outer garment. Uh, Now, so we can't talk about Cinderella without talking about the... Impossible waist? Impossible (laughs) waist and the most uh, iconic gown that defines both the animation and the film. And I have a little something that I keep uh, referencing, a uh, little bit of things, I'm just making sure my producer is ready for me, uh, that I started uh, two days ago. Wow. <laughs> um, I've decided that I wanted to take a crack at making Cinderella's blue ball gown, and uh, I started yesterday afternoon to make some things. So you can see uh, the skirt. That I started. It's um, multiple layers. What I have at the base is a uh, crinoline a cage skirt. I actually cheated. While well, I have a uh, a really nice um, hoop skirt that I made at home, uh, this one wasn't big enough. It was only eight feet in diameter. Uh-huh. I needed something bigger, so I went down to the fashion district in Los Angeles and found an actual metal bone hoop skirt, twelve what? feet in diameter, for twenty seven dollars. Yeah. What? The fabric is is crap and it's falling apart oh. if you can see, but I can fix that. But the the thing was is that this gave me the foundation yeah. for that skirt because the thing with Lily james are uh, Lily and the whole Lily James and the whole entire outfit is that is layers upon layers and foundation upon fa- foundation to get that amazing skirt. So you need to start with something yeah. big and I found it $27. Uh, alternately, I found on eBay you can get um, the same skirt for 33 free shipping. So there you go. Yeah. You, ha-
1: you have you have your... Tr- and you know, it's funny. Uh, in certain areas, it's easier to, <laughs> to get it hoop skirts. It just really is. Um, uh, even in the South, mm-hmm. I got a, a hoop skirt for, like,
0: so cheap. Yeah. yeah well, especially <laughs> in the South. I, yeah. like, all the reenactments. Yeah. Now, all right. So here we have Lily James, Sandy Powell's, like... Piece de resistance, the, the iconic blue ball gown, over 270 yards of fabric, 10,000 Swarovski crystals put into this gown. The very top layer, it's, it's a very, very sheer fabric called silk crepoline. And you're not going to find that at your local fabric store. You're not going to find that in your, your local fashion district. It's actually used in um, repairing old quilts and vintage clothing. It's oh, okay. super thin, super lightweight, pure silk that was hand-dyed for this the, this dress. And uh, the cheapest I've been able to find it online is 150 pounds a meter. So about 200 a yard. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I did not use that. I Are you found, sure? Yeah, I did not. Um, I found something that's a lot uh, it's a lot more opaque. Uh, but this is a polyester chiffon. Um, I was able to bargain at the beauty of the fashion district, as you can haggle. Yes. Uh, I got this for two fifty a yard, and it's um, a beautiful uh, cindy blue, as my boyfriend keeps referring to it. And this is what is the top layer of my skirt. Uh, that we saw Gorgeous. in that video. Thank you. And I, I love it. I'm so happy with it. It has a beautiful flow. Uh, there is 15 yards of fabric gathered into this skirt. Wow. And one of the great things too, guys, at home, if you're wanting to make this, just buy it by the buy the yardage and then you don't have to cut. It's not like one of those skirts where it's like, oh, I need to cut panels and sew it together. No, there's only one seam. In yeah. that, in the back, and I gathered. Once you get up there. Yeah, once you get up there. <laughs> uh, now the other thing about the, about the, the dress itself is all the, the iridescence and the sparkles. Um, I actually was able to see the dress in person. They had it at the El Capitan. It was amazing. Um, and even then I wasn't prepared for when I was gonna go make it myself. But I did notice they had a couple layers of, um, what they, they used, uh, was like a organza. And I found a similar cheaper organza, again, mm-hmm. at the fashion district, um, that I was able to layer in. Bear with me. Uh, <laughs> it fell! Oh, God! This dress yeah. has been the death of me. Uh, so again, we go back to the, um, I actually kind of cheated. So I, I made this skirt twice. I made it the first time and I didn't like it and I scrapped it because everything, while it was accurate to the film, it, Excuse me. While it was accurate to the actual costume, it wasn't accurate to the film. And okay. I realized something in in this process of making this costume twice now is that how much color grading they went into the film. The actual dress reads very purple and blue in certain lights and there's definitely an iridescent quality, but to get that really bright blue, that's been that's been changed. Okay. And as a designer, initially was like, yeah, I want to go with the more purple two-tone because I want to be like the actual costume in person. But then I realized it just didn't read well. And so most people won't know it. Exactly. And they'd be like, oh, she totally screwed that up. And so something I had to make, a decision I had to make as a cosplayer was, no, I want to go for a screen accurate color, maybe not accurate in, in design. What I was able to do is I found uh, a really beautiful lightweight tool. This isn't the typical tool you'd get at Joann's. Is something? Yeah, it has a lot of movement. There's about 20 yards of this guy gathered into the skirt, and then that evil mermaid iridescent fabric (laughs) uh, that is accurate. Um, You see it in the in the shot right there, Um, and it reads. What's beautiful about this is when I pair it with this uh, other really thin um, polyester material, which sometimes reads purple and sometimes reads uh, periwinkle. Uh, When I pair it over this, it definitely gets a really different color quality. And what's amazing is that here in the studio and the lights, it's reading more blue at my boyfriend's house and his loft in natural lighting. It reads purple. So I'm getting that two tone iridescent quality that you see in the dress. There you go. And
1: it's, it's amazing. Um, it's and, amazing. It's amazing what lighting can do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so one of the things, uh, I spent the better part of yesterday doing was gathering each layer to lay on top of each other. And it's a lot of work. Um, I kind of want to show you guys a neat oh. trick that I found. Um, that you could do at home uh, is this is called uh, pleating tape. And pleating tape um, is also known as uh, cartridge pleating tape. The way that that, uh, the actual Cinderella dress was made was they did cartridge pleats. And as a historical costumer, you'll recognize that uh, used a lot in the Tudor area. And it literally looks almost like an accordion. You kind of just go back and forth and you have to hand pleat. It's a lot of work. It's very, very tiresome. But uh, most drapery stores will have cartridge pleating tape. And what you do is you sew this to the um, wrong side of your fabric. And you can pull. And pull. And pull. And pull. And you have beautiful me- measured gathers. Nice. <laughs> um this, however, won't work for Cinderella because you need to gather more fabric than that will do. Because the thing is, is the thicker the fabric, the less you're going to be able to gather into it. So uh that was a great idea that I had that will not work for this. Cause, but it was a great idea. It was a great <laughs> idea, but I wanted to share that with you guys. Uh Anyways... Um, So yeah, I love, I, by the way, poor Steven, he's so good. He's following all around, uh, as I jump off, off script because I just want to geek out about making costumes. Um, but going back to the actual dress, as you can see here, this is, uh, the petticoat that they had. Um, what it is, is a, uh, had frounced flounced frills at the hem with a second three layered organza petticoat placed over top. So to create a lot of the bulk at the bottom, they gathered God only knows how many yards. I'm going to estimate about 20 yards of fabric, and then hand sewed it to the bottom of the petticoat that is then laid over the custom cage it's crinoline. Just gorgeous and so much work. So much work. I mean, it took like a team of like 20 people. There's eight, eight people on this one, but like 20 people to make eight gowns over the course of the film. Those those women were busy. Yeah, they were very very busy. Like, I mean, it the, sounds like a lot of people, but it it these are intricate. Yeah, that's the best sewing circle. I uh yeah and you can just see some of the layering in there and it's you know and and, and at home guys if if you this is something you really want to make but you know I and I'll I'll just be very upfront my cost for not even both costumes like the one that I'm actually using we're at about 450 um, it's it's not a cheap costume, but that doesn't mean it can't be done inexpensively. Uh you can use the the typical tool like the dollar yeah. ninety nine yard get it fifty percent off tool. It's just gonna be a little scratchy. Yeah, it's just <laughs> gonna be a little scratchy. Um and it, it catches really easily in rips, but you can definitely add that, um, use that to add volume. Um and you know, and, and you could you could realistically make this costume for under two hundred. Yeah. Now, uh in terms I want to talk a little bit, I know we're running late. I'm just so excited I wanted to share everything <laughs> with everyone. I love costuming. Um, so I, I make a lot of my own patterns. I I draft them. but um, you know, at home, uh you might not have those skills or want to or have the time. So uh you can actually what I call marry patterns together. Uh mm-hmm. so I started off with my simplicity, forty forty ninety two, uh which is a great pattern, but you'll notice on the Cindy bodice, it actually, um, has sleeves, uh, that kind of fall off the, the shoulder that help, uh, keep the, um, the Bertha, which is the detachable flouncy thing on top. Uh, so I actually found this Vogue pattern, Vogue 1095, that, uh, had very similar sleeves. So I cut my patterns together, laid them on top of each other, and traced them to create an alt, my ultimate pattern. Also, because I am like, the longest torso in the world i had to add an inch and a half uh at, at the waist to extend it because i am all torso and no legs i'm just like a walking torso and then you might have the reverse problem yeah. so
1: you have to adjust
0: yeah so, so <laughs> one of the things that's really important especially if you're going to be working with in in my case um crepe back satin which is not in an, an inexpensive fabric uh do a mock-up um you can get muslin super cheap uh, I tend to buy it by the bolt when it's on sale, and um, I just use, like, a really thick stitch, uh, a basting stitch, and I sew a little mock-up to make sure it fits. And then you can also use
1: these later as pattern pieces. Exactly. That you can keep, because I shred
0: those things. Yeah, the paper. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's great is because you can also mark on the muslin while it's on you or if you have a dress yeah. form that matches. So, like, I wanted to extend the hip section up, so I drew that on, cut it, and then take it apart, and you have a beautiful pattern. Yeah. And, uh, and this is actually my, what I call my hero bodice. This is what's going to be the ultimate one. Um, I did add a little bit of, uh, metal boning, uh, here to help with the structure so it doesn't flop over. Um, and you can get, uh, it's, it's, um, spring steel oh no i'm sorry it's spiral steel boning i added in there uh spring steel boning is a straight boning spiral steel is curved that's great it's really helpful there's some photos not there i can kind of see where i uh, i'm not sure i actually feel like i don't know what you guys are seeing on screen and what steven's going by um so uh i will also make sure by the way for those of you listening on the itunes i'll make sure all these images are available uh to download so you can see so, that's, uh, that's kind of it on my costume. Um, obviously I'm in progress in making it. I want to debut it at Big Wow Comic Fest Woo-hoo! next weekend. So, uh, I do want to invite everyone to kind of come sew along with me. If you're interested in making Cinderella, come join us on the Cosplay Coach Facebook page and I'll post progress pictures and, Yeah, and hang out on Tuesday night and do like a chat session if anyone (laughs) wants to hang out. Um, Now, some of the things uh, too on the dress, um, you'll notice she's got the the gathered part on the front and little butterflies. CUNY. I know, these are definitely not accurate. These are $3.99 for a pack of a dozen butterflies. That uh, we got in the fashion district in the party section. Um, you can find these online. They're really cheap. Something I'm going to actually go and do in um, at a wedding store I found. A pack of 12 butterflies. They're white. They're gorgeous. And you can paint them. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to get an iridescent paint and then paint them myself. Gorgeous. So they'll be a little bit more accurate. Uh, because the uh, actual butterflies were, were hand-painted by a master. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, they actually found this guy in Hiroshima who did all the butterflies. It's, I know. I know. It's just now, uh, <laughs> I know. Well, we're going to be wrapping up really soon but I want to talk one last thing about the shoe.
1: Oh. Yeah, how yeah. are you going to make those? Uh,
0: I'm not. I am. I am buying <laughs> heels that are going to have crystals on them. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to bling them out. But the legendary glass slipper was created with the help of Swarovski. Powell decided to use crystal instead of glass because glass would not sparkle like crystal does. Eight versions of the shoe were created, but none of them were ever worn in the film after realizing that a shoe made entirely of crystal is near impossible to walk in. So James and Sid (sighs) actually wore leather shoes, yeah, (laughs) uh, that were digitally edited to look like the glass slipper. But that is an actual picture of the glass slipper uh, from one of the the costume exhibits, and it has the telltale butterfly. Uh, Yeah, no, I went down to Santee Alley, which is a super cheap area in the fashion district, and I found uh, rhinestone bling shoes uh, for $35 and they're super fans and I'm going to wear them for other costumes. So I'm gonna go buy them. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I'm getting the sign that it is going to be time to wrap up, but I just, uh, there's a couple things I want to go through real quick. Uh, cosplay challenge. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, everyone at home watching, I challenge you guys. I have a two part challenge, make a Cinderella gown or costume from Cinderella. Or if you don't want to do Cinderella, we're going to take one month. We will, we will reconvene on this challenge, uh, at the start of May. Okay. I want an original take on your favorite Disney character. Ooh. And you can tweet at the cosplay coach. You can email us at popcorn talk network. You can find us on Facebook. Show us your pictures, send them in. We will put them to a vote in May and there will be an amazing prize. Mm-hmm. And I and if you guys have any questions along the way, I'll definitely be available to answer them. And like I said, as I'll be making Cindy in a week, a week Ooh. to finish all this, uh, I'll I'll probably do like chat hangouts. So if you guys want to come so along with me and ask questions, we will totally do that. so much fun I'm super excited and then uh, you know we've got some conventions coming up because you can't you make these beautiful costumes gotta wear them somewhere so if you're in the South MegaCon which is my first convention is next weekend in Orlando Florida we also have the Midwest Media Expo happening in Detroit, Michigan and if you're down in Perth go visit Oz Comic Con i will leave now i know right i'm on my way (laughs) and uh yeah so and if you guys have any questions about conventions that are coming up go to convention scene.com or upcomingcons.com. both of them are really great resources that's your cosplay tip of the week uh to find out where you can go play dress up so yeah i think that's i think that's it i think we can say cosplay coaches is done oh my god i know Whoa. Wow. Uh <laughs> that just happened. Uh, that just happened. Sorry. Um for those of you who who do who follow me on social media, you know this has been a huge project. Our producer Steven came to me a month ago and said, Hey, I want you to do a cosplay show and I, I was immediately overwhelmed and blessed with the opportunity to be able to share my passion and, and I know it's a little rough, uh, but we're we're I really just wanna bring you guys Something amazing. I want to be able to celebrate the costumes that we see in film and popular media. I want to be able to share with you um, every week. I'm going to bring on different guest hosts who are, you know, pinnacles in the cosplay scene who will share their love and experience and and I really just want to build a community where we can all have fun and dress up together and giggle, and giggle yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Anastasia, before we leave, do you have any closing closing thoughts on Cinderella? Uh,
1: I mean, I mean, I just I'm just really excited about what. We saw um, and, and, and the interpretations, and uh, I just go out and see it. And, and I'm not sure I'm going to make a dress, though. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, Join me in the Cinderella Army.
1: Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll make that hoop skirt.
0: (laughs) And where can fans find you on the social medias? I am
1: at Anastasia W at Twitter. And on Instagram, I'm at Anastasia Wash. And uh, you can uh, keep up with me on my website, www.anastasiawashington.com. She owns all the Anastasia I do. It's all mine. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming and joining on this first episode. Uh, If you guys are going to be in San Jose on April 18th and 19th, come say hi to me at Big Wow. Comic Fest see the dress in person and you can find me on the internet at M Flacco and uh, we'll be back next week with Game of Thrones because it's coming back so how can we not talk about the costumes thank you everyone for joining us for the first episode and remember to like, subscribe, rate, find us on iTunes, find us on YouTube on Popcorn Talk Network Uh, find us all around the internet and let us know that you love us so I can keep coming back with these amazing people. (laughs) Goodbye!